Hey guys, uh, my name is Brad Myers. I'm going to be reading my notes off my phone here, so please don't text me or call me. You shouldn't have your phones out anyways, right? Okay. So uh, I've been around chaos for about the last three years here. I'm usually uh, in the back of the room. I'm doing the soundboard. So if something goes wrong with my microphone, I'm going to need to run back and fix it real quick. Um, let's see here. I love coming to chaos each week. Uh, I hope you guys don't take this event for granted. It's a pretty special thing. I grew up going to youth group, and it was a huge part in shaping my steps towards following Jesus. Tonight, I'm going to speak for just a few minutes. I will talk about things I've never shared with anyone before. Um, I've, been, I've never posted it on Facebook, never tweeted it. Uh, I've just never really shared this stuff publicly with anybody. Um, now, what I don't want you to hear uh, in my story is something like, oh, Brad, he had a rough go. Uh, I don't want you to be feeling sorry for me. Uh, I realize that everyone has struggles in their life, and um, so many people go through challenges much more, much more difficult than mine. What I hope you hear uh, without my sharing, throughout my sharing here is, wow, God, um, God is so good. And I hope that you can see that God was at work in my life. Uh, this really is his story. It's, it's not mine. So when I was in fourth grade, I began to get sick quite often. I specifically remember one occasion in which I was playing football in the yard and just fell over from the pain that hit me out of nowhere. I'd get incredibly strong pains in my intestine. I use the word intestine. Do you guys know what that is, right? I was going to put my stomach, but okay, I'll keep going. Okay, this, of course, I don't want to have to, like, draw a, draw a diagram for you guys. Okay. Um, this, of course, caused us to see the doctor. We actually went to tons of doctors. I still remember the first trip to the hospital as one of the worst days of my life. Things improved for me after finding a great specialist at a hospital in Des Moines and a successful surgery a year later to start improving my health. In the fall of my fourth grade year, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Recently, Crohn's disease has gotten a little more attention, so people are sometimes familiar with it. It's a chronic digestive disease. Uh, it affects my entire digestive system. Doctors don't know what causes it, and there is no cure. By being a chronic condition, it means uh, I'll always have Crohn's disease for the rest, rest of my life. Um, since sixth grade, I've actually had many years of remission where the disease is not active. This means I can function pretty normally, still enjoy normal food, playing sports, and a normal lifestyle. During the time of my diagnosis, I never doubted that God was in control. I was never mad at him. Um, I never felt sorry for myself. I just knew that he would take care of me. I tried to find positive things to be thankful for, like the good days and the doctors, the surgeons, and the medication that helped me feel a little bit better every day. I just kind of accepted it. I didn't doubt that God still loved me. I was so thankful for the care of my family, especially my mom, who would take me to every doctor appointment over the years. Looking back, I can clearly see that God was, in fact, at work, even though I wasn't always sure of it at the time. In sixth grade, I would take between 30 and 40 pills a day. I'm not making this up. Just months before I started taking all these pills, I couldn't even swallow the tiniest pill for a headache. It seemed like overnight I developed the ability to take this medicine and swallow these huge uh, horse pills, we called them. They were like something humans shouldn't even be taking. They're just massive pills. I went through all of junior high and high school getting to keep living a fairly normal life, and I'm very thankful for that. Now, here uh, is perhaps the craziest and definitely the coolest part of the story. After high school graduation, I wasn't excited about going to college. I wanted to play music for a living and came close to moving to New York City and Nashville, Tennessee. 
At this time, it was a state law that I had to be enrolled in college in order to be covered by my parents' health insurance. The cost of my medicine had shot way up, and uh, the bill without insurance was about $100,000 a year. If I stayed in school, I could get all that medicine from my parents' insurance plan. I seriously stayed in college just to get health insurance. In 2010, I chose to come to UNI. This meant moving away from Boone, my hometown, and living here in Cedar Falls. I'm not even sure why I chose UNI, but God was at work. It was his plan for me to be here. So, kind of in conclusion here, uh, follow this. Because I have Crohn's disease, I need this very expensive medicine. Because I need this medicine, I need health insurance. And because I need health insurance, I needed to be in college, which led me here to UNI. You see, I came to UNI because of the Crohn's disease. God has blessed me with so many things in this community. One, a church and a ministry to secure my life in Christ. Two, discovering that I feel called to do ministry as a career for many years to come. Three, meeting amazing new friends. And four, uh, the last one, um, just as a few weeks ago, meeting my now fiance, Katie Green. I never understood why I had Crohn's disease. Uh, dealing with this bad thing every day is sometimes really hard for me. If it weren't for this event in my life, I really wouldn't be here in Cedar Falls. I believe God was faithful to bless my path by using my disease to route me here, which has turned out to be the greatest blessing in my life. It was 17 years ago when I first got sick. And just this year, I can see how God worked things for good in my life. It's not always easy to see how God will use bad things in your life but I can say he absolutely has, uh, I can say he absolutely has, and I know he did this in my life. So hopefully this all makes sense. I know I kind of got into some crazy like uh, discussion with like health insurance and stuff, but basically I just believe without a doubt, um, God used this bad stuff in my life. And like I said, it was 17 years ago. I had no idea what was going on, why I was going this path, that path, why a door would be closed in my life. But I ended up coming here um, to Cedar Falls. And like I said, there's been so many blessings that's going to change the entire uh, path of my life. So um, I just want to encourage all you guys, if there's like bad stuff going on in your life, and there are other bad things in my life, I don't know yet even why they happened or why they, like, they took place. But I can say uh, for this example with my disease and everything, it's been a huge blessing that God has worked for good. So uh, I just trust him and I live every day knowing that he's in control of my life and my future. That's it. So I have a special, special guest with us tonight, and I'm so beyond excited for him to be here. Um, his name is Robson Tura, and he is a UNI grad student here uh, at UNI, and he has an incredible story. 
of God at work. And unfortunately, we cannot hear his entire life story because there's too many crazy, awesome things that happen. But luckily, he is coming to share a part of his story with you guys tonight of how God has been a part of his life, even though some bad things have happened. And I know some of you, one of your biggest questions in faith is, why does God let bad things happen? And that's a tough question. That's a hard question for us to wrestle with. But we hope that tonight through Brad's testimony and Robson's that you get to see a picture that God is bigger than any bad thing that could ever happen. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to hand it over. And you're all going to be so attentive to him. It's going to be so good. All right, here we go. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this man to my left. It's been a pleasure, Lord, getting to know him. It's been a pleasure, Lord, that when he talks about you, you can see and feel the faith that he has. God, there's been some things that has happened in his life that we don't always even know why it happened. But God, what thing has been evident is that you have not left him and that you have plans for him and that you have blessed his faithfulness to stay true to you, to have faith in you, even when the odds were against him. So God, maybe for the next few moments, may we just not talk to our neighbor. May we sit in silence and listen with our eyes and ears and minds and hearts open to this story. And that maybe, God, tonight, you would give us the hope that some of us desperately need in whatever situation we're in. Hope that you are God, hope that you are real, and hope that you will never leave us, no matter what happens in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Great. Is this thing working? Can you hear me? Yes. Wonderful. Okay. Um, uh, she, I, I mean, she has already introduced me, and, and um, you and I, I came from Africa. I was introduced to Christ when I was 12 years old through a missionary that was hiding from from government. It was really very hard time for Christians that time in the country because government was arresting them, government was torturing them. They would tie them on a the truck and they, they would drag them on the street. So it was so hard time for Christians in that country that time. So I was, um, and the entire family, my own family, they, they, they didn't believe in the presence of God. My, my dad was in the politi uh, politics and he was at a high rank in, a, uh, in, a, in, in the country leadership. So they would believe there is no God. So we raised that way. We raised just like you believe only what you see and what you touch. So this guy, he came to the place where I was playing football, and not American football, I say this all the time, soccer ball, and he came three days, no, he came four days generally, but the, the first two days he came to the place and he didn't say anything, he lived. The third time, he came to the place where we were playing, and he gave me this small New Testament book, and he lived. The fourth day, he came back, and he asked me whether I read the book or not, and I say, I didn't read the book. So he asked me to go with him for coffee. Um, we started drinking coffee at early age, so don't, don't get surprised by that. It was so, uh, it, it is a big deal in that country to be invited by someone older than you to go with them for coffee. So I went with him. We sat at a coffee shop, and then he started telling me about Christ. The first thing he said, I remember still, is 
um, Christ died for you. And I start talking to him why he died. Even he, he doesn't know me. I, I don't know him. Who is he? I mean, why he died? Is he against the re re revolutionary party? Is he against the, the government? Why he died? Because the only thing that I knew that time was you die if you are against the ruling party or the communist party. He explained everything to me, and, and then he took me to the place where he was hiding at one of the hotel, and he prayed for me. He actually prayed the prayer that completely changed my life. So I went home with my Bible in my hands. And I, I, when I arrived at home, my dad saw that Bible in my hands. And he said, where did you bring this book? And I told him someone gave it to me. And he said, where is that person? I know where he was, but I didn't want really to tell him because I knew that that missionary would be killed immediately because they were doing the same that time. So I said, I don't know where he, he went to, but I, I just saw him, he gave the book to me. And so my dad, finally, he said, just go and throw this Bible into the toilet. And I said, why am I doing that? And he said, this, you are not allowed to read that book. So we start confront, confronting with each other and I, I said, why am I not allowed to read this book? Finally, he chased me out from the home, and I went on the street. So I stayed three days on the street, and it was so hard, so painful. Going out from the family that is um, uh, considered to be the well, I mean, family that, that has a better off life, better life in that country, and from, you know, just warm family living in with them and having in that privilege of being in, in a high leadership position in the country. Going on the street was so painful, extremely painful. So after, uh, on the third day, I saw my dad drinking outside uh, at the bar with his friend after work. So, and I ran to home to ask for food. I arrived home and I talked to my mom and she was preparing something for me and all of a sudden he came. He came to home and then he was really so angry. So he was angry, yelling at me, angry at my mom. He was so serious. So I saw him really, he was so angry and so serious. Then I started running away. And then all of a sudden, he just picked the spear. We had a spear. The culturally, people, they keep a spear in the house. And he picked the spear and started following me. So I was running, he was following me. And then he threw that spear behind me six times. And the spear was going into the ground from this side, this side. Then I escaped. I escaped and I went to the other, other state and I left um, so I went, I start living, I, I start life on the street. Sometimes I lived on the street. And after that, I was introduced to a Christian family. The, fa the, the family, the Christian family actually, that gave me extremely hard time in life. So they would treat me just like animal. I mean, just like even you don't really tr treat your animal like that. So that was, that was a horrible, horrible life experience that I had with that, with that family. I was, I think I was 14 that time. So when I... Um, there is no this washing machine system, whatever, so you have to wash clothes using your hands. And I would, uh, you know, I would just bring a water home and wash the clothes for the whole family um, at that age. And then they would give me, they would prepare different kind of food that they would actually give to, the, to what they call it, slave. So every morning, for example, for break, breakfast, they prepare something and I just throw it on my mattress, bare mattress that I would, uh, sleep, sleep on. It was really very hard at that time. Then I had to leave that family and start doing this very small job with another Christian family. 
which was another horrible, horrible Christian family. And I start working with them, and they would pay me $2 a month, and I use that $2 for house rent. And I had just like a small house, just like a, a matchbox size. You put mattress in, and you just sleep, close the door. There is no any compartment in it. No toilet, no whatever, no sink. There is no water in that house. So I lived sometimes with that $2 a month. And then at some point, uh, I was in a part of the worship in the church, and they invited me to be the leader in the church to lead the worship team. We had five different group of worship team in the, in the church. And then I was working with that group and reorganizing some things, and I couldn't go back and teach those two kids they have that I was doing for, for living. And then after a week, I went to that house to teach, to continue teaching. Imagine that family, they are a Christian family, and actually who gave me that responsibility in the church was their father, who is a leader in the church. So I went, that to, I start, I went to teach them, and then, and then, then the, the mother, she came and started yelling at me, just saying every bad word. You poor, we want to help you. That is why we, we gave you this job and you are not interested to come and to do it. It's so hard. I tried to explain to her. I told this all to your husband and he knows what I was doing in the church. I explained that all, all to her. And she wouldn't understand me at all. And then she said, finally, she said, just go. We don't need you to come again to work. So that night was so hard because I was just crying the whole night imagining going back to the street because I didn't have any, any income to pay my rent. The whole night I was arguing with God and saying, why you are doing this to me? Why this is happening to me? Why you brought me from my family and I followed you and why you are doing that to me? So I was crying the whole night. The other next day I went to school on the third day, non-Christian family, actually they are the richest family in that, in that city, and then they sent their daughter to me to, to talk to me. And I went home and talked to her mom, and they said, oh, we want, to, we want you to tutor our kids. To, they have two kids, and, and, and they said, we give you $10 a month. That was five times my previous income. So I, I started paying my house rent and living on $3 a month. It was, it was a decent man, amount of money, by the way, for me. So, so I went through that all, and I went to uh, finish my high school, and something that was horrible happened when I was in high school. When I was grade 11, I'm telling you really very highlight of my story. There are horrible stories in between these. So I went, when I was in grade 11, I was elected as a student president in, the uni in, in, in that high school. And and I saw that a school terminated two students, and I, I thought that was unfair, and I thought that was unjust, and I, I decided to fight for them to the State Department. Because of that, I went into argument with some politician and went into very hard time again. So they would just threaten me, they would beat me, they came to the, to the school with their pistol and just like threatened me to death. And finally, they, when I took grade 12, Exam, you have to really get a good grade at grade 12 for you to go to university. And you go to university and you don't pay anything. You don't pay for, for your dormitory, you don't pay for the school, tuition, whatever, for food. 
So at grade 12, I, got, I, I sat for that exam, and after, after the exam, they called me to the office, and they say, you are not going to university, because usually it is a, um, the policy of Ministry of Education, you write your name with pencil. So I wrote my name with pencil, because it is a law, and they changed my name, they raised my name, and they changed my name to another student, and they told me that. They changed to the students that are actually not performing at all in the school. So when the result came back, he, that guy got my grade. He went to university, and, and I didn't get a grade. So I started questioning God, why you are doing that? Are you really existing? Are you really loving God that is doing this to me? And I decided not to talk to God again. Um, I went really I, through hard, very hard time. And finally, when they announce, they usually announce your name on newsletter to go to university. You don't choose what you learn in that country, they choose for you. And they announce my name on the newsletter as a degree student. With that grade, leave alone going for degrees, as a degree student to university, that grade doesn't take me even to the training technical school. Because it was that guy, he got all A, I got all D. But God did a miracle, I went to university. And I graduated from university. But there another horrible time between that is when I graduated from university, the graduation date, I was the only person without family in the whole gathering. In the middle of gathering, they call my name, they call my family, no one was there, and I start crying. So this is, this is a bit of the highlight of my story. But here is the question. Why this all happened to me? Why God is allowing that in our life? Why really that happened to people? Is there really God exists, the loving God, all-powerful God, all-knowing? Does he exist? Why, why this all is happening? Sometimes the world can, can appear hard on us. Actually, it is very hard. In fact, it is hard if you look at it. And really, we don't need to go back in history to look into, uh, um, you know, to, back in the history to look uh, how hard it is to, to, to know to live in this planet. All we have to do is just turn, off your, turn on your, your television and you see what is going on around. You see the horrible, horrible thing going around in your neighbor around the world. Sometimes you see disease, sickness is taking away innocent children that did do nothing. Why that all is happening? Sometimes you see volcanoes are coming and burying thousands of thousands of people. Why that is happening? Well, there are several responses to that you can, depending on where you are. One answer, that, that, uh, um, one answer to this that comes to many people's mind would be that there is no God. People, they look to this tragedy that is going on around them. They saw very innocent people, very good people going through hard times, suffering day and night. And they came with this conclusion that there is no God. There is no God you call this loving God. This is one answer. But many of us, we didn't do that. We didn't, we didn't come to that conclusion. Because when we went out during the good time, we felt God exists in our life. We went out and we climbed the mountain. We saw the mountain. We went down to the river, to the ocean. We climbed uh, 
the mountain, we've seen the trees, we went out during the snow, we saw actually there is someone who created this, designed this in a beautiful way, and he exists. We felt that. During the hard time, during the bad time, during the suffering, still we felt that his caring hand and his love. That is what I saw in my life. That is what I decided to follow him. We saw him in our life. Even sometimes when we decide to walk away from God, still we've seen that something was talking to us inside. I see just like when I see all the suffering that happened in my life, everything that I went through, horrible time. I remember the day when, the year when I had only one shirt, one shoes, and one trousers the whole year. When I washed them, I hide myself inside until it dries. Horrible time. I remember the, the, the days that I never had anything to eat. Extremely horrible time. I'm not trying to tell you that horror is something good because it is not. It is horrible. I'm not telling you that suffering is something very good because it's suffering. But I, what I feel is this is the way I believe. When I see those all in my life, when I look back what happened in my life, the first thing that I see is I know that God didn't design that. God didn't create that chaos, that didn't create that disorder, destruction in anyone's life. He didn't choose for us. We did it. He didn't even choose for us to be here. We chose it. So I don't see God as someone who is following me, chasing after me and distracting me. I don't see him that way. That's what keeps me to walk forward. That's what helped me to walk forward. Regardless of the situation that I was walking through, I saw God's nature was love, is love, and we remain love. That is his, his, his nature. So, let me give you just like what really helped me to stick with God when I walk through this challenge. My story is very different from the story of Brad that was telling this earlier. I had several times that I said to God and I questioned God and I was angry at God several times. But what helped me to walk still with God? The first thing is I looked at, I looked at God's view of the world. Not the way I look to the world. Because Bible says that the earth and everything in it belongs to the Lord. So the best way to understand what is going around us is to look to the perspective of God about the world. The way he looked to the world. So that is, that's one thing that really helped me a lot. And the second thing that I really see in my life as I walk with God is, so I look to that, I mean, from the perspective of God, I look to that and I see God is not the creator of all the, all the suffering that I'm going through. And that helped me to walk with God. I see everything from his perspective, than, uh, not from my, my own perspective. So the second thing that I see in my life is I see suffering as part of the fallen heirs and the indicator of the, the new kingdom to come. At the beginning when 
Adam and Eve, they depart from God, this suffering came as, came as an integral part of human experience. Regardless of where we are, who we are, we go through that. So I feel just like I believe God is not involved in, this is, this is where I am. This can be theologically very contradictory. I really strongly believe that God didn't create, or I mean God didn't involve in fixing every problem that is existing in the world. God is involved in fixing human beings. God is not interested in fixing the world. He is interested in fixing people and bringing them back to the origin and taking them back to the origin, to the kingdom. So that from the beginning, God is involved with that. And he took millions of people. He fixed millions of people. And he took them. And they are living with him. And today, he is working with us to fix us and take us back. So that is what he is doing every day. So the suffering that I was going through, going through I, I felt it is a signal that, that I, will, I am living in a broken world. So God did not create suffering, but he uses the suffering to remind us there is more to life than this life. Suffering reminds us that this life is temporary. God also uses suffering to motivate us to want more, more than this life has to offer. That's really the way I see it. Jesus didn't, he didn't just die to, to get us to the heaven. He died to get us to God, to bring us back. So the third point that I see in my life that helped me to walk with God, regardless of the suffering, is I look to suffering as sharing with Christ in his sufferings and to benefit other people. There is a Bible verse that says on um, Romans chapter 8, 17, uh, 17 to 18, it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with glory that will be revealed in us. Lastly, I really feel that I see suffering from a means or a way to multiply. Bible is very clear about that. When you die, you multiply. That's the way Jesus showed us. So I feel it just like the more I went through suffering, the more God uses me to multiply and to bring many people to Christ. There is a very cool story in the Bible about Joseph. God gave him a dream. And because of that dream, everyone went against him. His family, his father, his brother, and they attempt to kill him. And he went out, he, they sold him just like a commodity, he was sold twice. He was accused, falsely accused for sexual harassment. He was sent to prison. But this is what God did in his life. Please listen to me very, very carefully. In human history, I work in humanitarian organization, I know this very well. In human history, Joseph was the only person to 100% to control the uh, natural disaster, 100%, and uh, provide all the need to the people in Egypt. When natural disaster happened in the 21st century, because we cannot estimate the natural disaster before it happened, we only mitigate the 
the disaster. We only try to reduce the impact. But Joseph didn't do that. He controlled the natural disaster 100%. No one died from that natural disaster. God used him for the big thing. So I, use, I, I think that way. So finally, as a conclusion, let me say this to you. I read this from, um, someone wrote this, and this is a quote from someone in a book. It says, life in Christ is like traveling on a Metrolink train with a predetermined destination. You are not the driver. Jesus is. And God provides the, the direction on, on this one time trip. He plotted everything, that, everything, the date and the time of your travel and your arrival. There will be stops and the delays along the way. Yeah, there are some, sometimes we delay, sometimes we mess around. He said, but remember this. At the bottom of traffic light, always a green light. So if you are really going through this hard time, remember those points. Try to see, try to view what you are going through through perspective of God. Be reminded that you are sharing with Christ in his suffering. Be reminded that that is a signal that this is not the perfect place for us to be. It reminds us there is a perfect place to be. And at the same time, be reminded that God is using that to multiply you, to, to make you blessing for the others. So having this in mind, I see this. Whenever I'm called upon to choose between anything in this world and Christ, I choose Christ because of that understanding. I will deal with suffering in a way that it draw me to Christ. Thank you so much. <laughs>